We are continuing this series called Blessed, and we started this off last week, and, and I love this series and what it means, and I know that this is a challenging series and, and one that is going to encourage and challenge us to kind of step out of our comfort zone and convenience and do great things for God. And, and last week, we talked about this idea, Blessed to Serve. And, and we, we asked this question, what do we do with the blessing? And if you remember last week, even if we weren't here, we used a ladder as an illustration. We talked about how the, the ladder represents blessings in our life. And ladders are great, but ladders have to be in the right position or they're not worth a whole lot. And we said blessings are a, a lot of times they're the same way. Oftentimes in our culture, we just... We love to celebrate the blessings. Man, a blessed family, blessed life. Man, I look at my new home and all these things that we're blessed with. But God didn't just give us blessings so that we could say, man, look, I'm blessed. God gave us a blessing so that we could be a blessing. He wants blessings to flow through us. And one of the ways we talked about that is how we serve. And when we serve, we're, we're the love of Jesus to, to the people we're reaching and today I want to take this a step further. Last week we talked about blessed to serve. Today I want to talk about blessed, blessed to give. Blessed to give. And could I start this message out by saying this? Is over the next few minutes, I'm going to talk about probably one of the most uncomfortable things that we could talk about in church. Doesn't that just get you excited? I could tell it didn't. <clears throat> I recognize this as every time I talk about things that are close to our heart, they oftentimes cause us to squirm a little bit in our seat. They make us a little uncomfortable. We get quiet, and here's the, here's the deal. is anytime we talk about money and possessions and the things that we hold dear, we often start to put that shell on. And, and, and honestly, if we're being real this morning, this is one of the most difficult issues in our life to deal with. I mean, whether you've been serving Jesus for 30 years or 30 minutes or however long you've been in a relationship with God, whether you love God or don't love God, we could all admit that, that money issues are real. Can we not? Okay, the three of us are breathing in the room. We all deal with, with money issues, and I think this is one of those issues, possessions and things that we hold close to our heart. It's one of those uncomfortable things. And, and sometimes as Christians, we love, we love the grace of God, don't we? I mean, we love the things of God that, that make us feel good, that bring comfort, that bring strength to our heart. Man, God's mercy and his second chance and the way he loves us. But then we start talking about the things that cause us to respond and make us uncomfortable and that are inconvenient. It's like, no, God, I like all the gray stuff, but I want to pass on the giving part. You know what I'm saying? We, 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 we kind of like, we, we like buffet Christianity. Take a little of this and a little of that. It's kind of like in, in our home, everybody, we love, um, we love cookie dough ice cream. Anybody love cookie dough ice cream like we do? Oh, come on. I mean, it's, it's good all the time. But here's the deal with cookie dough ice cream is that oftentimes we have a little challenge in our house because that, that cookie dough ice cream will be in the freezer. And uh, Jen will go to, after a couple of days of sitting in there, she'll go to look, open the carton, and on the label it says cookie dough ice cream. But when she looks inside, all she sees is vanilla ice cream. 
Because there's somebody in our house, I'm not going to name names, it might be me, it could be somebody else. I just like to eat all the cookie dough in the cookie dough ice cream, anybody else in the room? Okay, the rest of you, you know, you're kind of lying, that's all right, that's good. Listen, or, or like this, you know, sometimes if I'm feeling healthy, I'll go get the trail mix, you know, I, hey, that's healthy peanuts, you know, and I, the sunflower seeds, I got all that good stuff, I'll get the trail mix, and I'll get the trail mix home, and then I'll find myself just eating the M&Ms out of the trail mix. <laughs> I really should have just gone and bought a bag of M&Ms, you know, and I think sometimes that's the way it is with our Christian walk is, is we like the things that are, and we just kind of pick and choose. But one of the greatest principles of the Bible, the story of the Bible is what Jesus did. He, he gave. And we look so much like Jesus when we're giving. And here's the deal with money issues. They create stress. They cause fights. The reason we don't like to talk about it is we know that it's probably one of the greatest issues in, in most of our marriages, in, in our families. And so it's uncomfortable. And so the way we deal with uncomfortable stuff is we like to avoid it. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and hit it head on for the next few minutes, if that's all right. Let's talk about it. Let's look at God's word. But, but let me un- help you understand this. As I recognize this this morning, is that this conversation is one of the greatest reasons that people stay disconnected from the church. Because they have past hurts. Because they've seen uh, pastors manipulate people for money. I'm not going to ask for an amen, but I, I, I could get a few. And they have, so, they have so much distrust towards the way the church of God has handled this, uh, the church has handled this issue, that, that there is a huge wall. And I want to do everything I can in a healthy way to just level the playing field this morning. And let's not look to me for wisdom. Let's look to God's word for wisdom. And let's hear what he has to say about it. And how he can change the trajectory of our lives when it comes to this conversation. If you got your notes, look at this with me. First Timothy chapter 6. We shared this last week. It says this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. But to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. He says, so don't look to the world for your identity or your security, but put your trust in God. He says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds. We talked about that last week. And to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. He says this, put your trust in God because God is the only one who can bring true satisfaction to our life. And I think there's a couple things in our lives that, that the trap of money tries to, to, to offer, but God provides. If you're taking notes, the first one is this, it's contentment. It's contentment. It, look what Luke 12, Jesus says this. He says, be alert and guard your heart from greed and always wishing for what you don't have. For your life can never be measured by, by the amount of things you possess. Man, one of the greatest encouragements I could give us as we walk into a holiday season, Thanksgiving, let's be people that are filled with contentment. Not striving, not, not chasing after things that, that bring temporary pleasure, but don't bring true peace in our lives. But let's let God fill every empty part. 
Hey, let me ask you today, what is the area and the issue of your life that you keep searching for to fill in a person or a thing or a possession, but you know that only God, God can fill? Where is that contentment gap in your life? There's a book called The Day America Told the Truth. Authors James Patterson and Peter Kemp. They, they did a survey to find out how far people would go for money. And so they said, they asked this, what would somebody do for $10 million? And, and here's what it came back is that 25% of people would ab- abandon their entire family. Said this, 16 people would give up their citizenship in their country. Uh, another percentage, 10% would withhold testimony and let a criminal go free. They even said this, 3% would put their children up for adoption. Now, this was staggering because there's some days, everybody, that I'm about 98%, all right? <laughs> I thought that might be a little bit, I know, I'm teasing. But it's crazy, Right? Because the trap of possessions and wealth and things, man, is so close to our heart. And if we're not careful, it can deceive us and take us down to a place that leads to to utter misery. Here's the truth, everybody. Contentment isn't having the best of everything. It's making the best of everything I have. Hear me today. Contentment isn't having the best of everything. It's making the best of everything I have. It's recognized, it's the reason we call this series what it is, that I'm blessed, that that I'm okay, that God has me. And even in my worst days, man, I've got salvation. I've got breath in my lungs. Let me be content, God, with the things that you bless me with. The second one that, that money promises but God provides is happiness. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10, it says this. It says that those who love money will never have enough. How absurd to think that wealth brings true happiness. I mean, money is great and it's a tool and it's, it's, it's something that can flow through us and we can use for good. But it's one thing to have money. It's another thing when money has us. And so often, man, in our lives, if we're not careful, money begins to have us and we start chasing and we just find that that's an unending cycle. We're we're seeking pleasure and satisfaction, but happiness, true joy is only found in what Jesus brings. So today I wanna give you four things, four truths about giving that have the power to change our life, to change our, our perspective, the way that we see what God has done and the way he's blessed us. Number one is this, and I think this might be the most important one. It's number one, giving changes my heart. Giving changes my heart. Let's just be honest in the room. I know in a room with this many people, there are some right now that are completely skeptical of this whole conversation. They're waiting for the ball to drop and find out, Pastor, what do you want from us, man? But, you know, what's the big offering going to be? No, no. The truth is, is that oftentimes the issue is not money. The issue is our heart. Because we're so filled with greed and we're so filled with the things of this life that we're consumed with the trap of money. And in order for us to move from a heart of greed to a heart of giving, 
God has to, it all has to start with our heart. It was recently, my boys are seven and eight, and, and there was one night recently where we were doing devotions together. And on this particular night, my, I, I said, guys, why don't you pick out the devotion? Why and they recently just got new Bibles. And so they did one of these. They just kind of flipped through the Bible, and they, they went to the book of Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. If you know anything about Malachi, it talks a lot about tithing. And I think that when they, when they saw it, they thought, oh, man, this, maybe this will be you know, like a David and Goliath story. Well, they were completely wrong. You know, I mean, Malachi is this, this short book before you get to the New Testament. And it's, it's this prophecy that, that, that God is, is reminding the, the Israelites how much he loves them and how boneheaded they are. All right. It, it's like, I love you, but you keep messing up and I'm getting tired. of It's like the conversation I have with my boys every day. I love you, but you're knuckleheads. All right. That's what Malachi is really. And so we're, we're talking about this, and, and, and in chapter 3, it's, it's one of the, the most popular passages for understanding the principle of tithing and giving in our life. And it, it's pretty strong because, because God has this conversation with the people, and he says, man, you guys have robbed me. You've cheated me. And the people are like, well, how have we robbed and cheated you? And he said, you robbed me by, by not bringing your tithe and offering to me. And so I'm teaching my boys about the tithe. And, and, and what we did was we just, I just used this illustration of a $10 bill. I said, hey, here's what tithing is, guys. Here, here's how we manage our money. I said, you know, you get a $10 bill. The first dollar, 10%, it goes to God. And then the second dollar, you're going to pay yourself. That's what we call savings. And then the next few dollars, they're going to they're gonna care for the expenses in your life. Because eventually, you know, you're going to start helping around the house and maybe we'll get you to pay the electricity bill. I don't know, you know. And, and, uh, and I said, but at the end, you're going to have a couple of dollars left. And that's what you use to buy all your iPad games, all right? Th- those couple. And, uh, man, I tell you, my oldest, Caden, he's eight years old. He just, I could just see this conviction come all over him. And his, his heart started to get heavy and, and he said, he said, Dad, I, I don't want to rob God. He said, but sometimes I forget about giving. And, and sometimes I just really like to buy stuff. <laughs> and I said, buddy, I am right there with you. And I think the rest of Bay Chapel is right there with you too. Sometimes we just forget and sometimes we just really like to buy stuff. And we forget that, man, this is a heart issue. It's a principle. It's a discipline of putting God first in our life. Let me show you this, Matthew chapter 6. It says this. It says, don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. But this is the most important part. Look at the end. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Hear me today, everybody. Your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Husbands, the issue in your marriage is not the issue in your marriage, oftentimes it's you've stopped valuing what you used to treasure because she used to be really important to you 
And when she starts to lose her value in your life, you start to focus on all the issues. Your heart will always be where you put your treasure, where you put your value. You want to fix the issues in your life? This isn't just about money. This is an area of your life. You have to place your heart and your emphasis and your priority and your time. Here's what I know to be true. The people that serve at Bay Chapel are the most passionate about Bay Chapel because their heart is the most invested. The people that give, their their heart is connected. They want to see the kingdom of God grow because their heart is connected. Let me tell you, this is not a money issue or a time issue or a treasure. Man, this is a heart issue. Giving begins by changing my heart. Number two is this. Giving changes my perspective. Giving changes my perspective. Philippians chapter 3. Paul's writing from prison and he says this. He says, I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He says this, we live in a world that's so focused on on this earth, the few years we have here, and we've forgotten, man, we're gonna live forever with Jesus. Let let me illustrate it for you today, everybody. This this rope, it's a picture of our entire lives. I mean, all, all of our life for eternity, the part that we spend here on earth, and the, the part that we'll spend forever with Jesus. And l- let me just show you today, if you could just imagine this being your life and, 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 and the length of eternity that goes on and on forever, this part right here in the red, this is the time we have right here on earth. Think about it for a moment. And we will lose our joy. We'll lose our peace over the Bucks having a bad game. Because we're so caught up in the moment. We'll miss out on time with our family because of issues and circumstances in our life. We'll spend this time right here going, oh man, if I can just save enough money so I can enjoy this time right here. And this is your life. And sometimes we've got our perspective so focused on this little part right here. Hey, let me ask you, what if we spent the 70 or 80 years that God has promised us with living like we were gonna live forever? Living like people's lives hang in the balance. Living like the people that we show up and we greet at Publix and at Starbucks and at Chick-fil-A and everywhere we go, that their eternity matters. What if we kept eternal, eternal perspective about the things in our life? I don't think we would hold on to our stuff so tight. Church, we gotta keep eternal perspective. We gotta recognize that giving changes my heart. Number three is this. We recognize that giving honors God. Giving honors God. Give, giving everybody. You know, honestly, using the word giving isn't even the best way to think about it. It, we actually should be saying returning. 
Because when I think about giving, I think about something that belongs to me. When I honor God with everything he's blessed me with, I'm not giving it back to him or giving it to him. I'm just returning what he's already blessed me with. I'm honoring with him. And that's one of the reasons we bring the first, we bring the best of what God has blessed us with. And I know that's a discipline and a principle and it's hard to do, but it shows how we love God and how we honor him. I mean, can you imagine this? Think about somebody so special in your life or maybe somebody that, that you honor and think highly of. Can you imagine bringing them over to your home for dinner one night? And you know, you got everything ready. You vacuumed the carpet, you cleaned the floors. I mean, you, you even used the, the, you know, the spray to make it smell good, all this stuff. I mean, the dogs were outside. Every, I mean, you had the fine china out that you only bring out for Christmas. Sat everybody down for dinner. And you looked to your wife and, and you went and opened the fridge and you said, man, I wonder what we've got in here to eat. And you looked in and there was the spaghetti that you had made last Sunday. And you said, hey guys, man, you just, just hang on a second. I think we've got leftover spaghetti and you were just smelling it to make sure it hadn't rotten out, you know. And, I, I, and you said, hey, how to, how to leftover? You would never do that. But I wonder this. How often do we bring God the leftovers? Let me ask you today. Oh, I know this isn't like gonna make you laugh or get too excited. But are we bringing God the leftovers of our life or are we bringing God the best? A God who laid down his life for us. God, I I pray that my life in every way but it would be one surrendered and humbled and willing to lay down my life for you because you gave your best for me, because it honors you. Second Corinthians chapter nine says this, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generous, generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Ultimately, it honors God and it brings people to Jesus. And number four, we'll wrap it up with this, is we need to recognize giving makes a difference for eternity giving makes a difference for eternity this week I took my boys on a guys night and uh So we're driving down the road. I, I didn't even catch it, but a song started playing on Joy FM, and I heard my seven-year-old start to sing it. And I never really thought about the words. I think it's a newer song. And I heard my boy in the back singing, I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me. Only Jesus. I've only got one life to live. I want every second to point to him. Only Jesus. And I'll tell you what, man. I sat in that front seat of my car and I did everything to not just break down and weep like a baby. Because 
I, I don't know if I've ever heard a better casting crown song, a better faith song. Man, I've only, I've only got the, this much. And I don't care if they remember me. And I don't care about making accolades or selfish ambition. Here's what I do care. That those two boys love, serve, and follow Jesus all the days of their life. Here's what I do care about. That when people see me, I hope they see Jesus. Because I want my life not to count for this life. I want my life to count for eternity. I want to live a life that's poured out. It's a life of worship. That I don't wake up thinking about what's in it for me. That I think about, God, what can I do for you today? How can I serve your kingdom? God, if you want me to pass out some turkey and stuffing to a family in need, I'm going to go to that pantry this Saturday. I'm going to love on some people. If you want me to be a greeter and a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord, God, I'll do it because I want to love some people. If you want to, me to bless somebody with a, with a kindness card and just remind them how much God loves them this week, God, I just want to do something that makes a difference for eternity. I know my focus today has been talking about possessions and wealth and, 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 and what God has blessed us with, but I'm talking about our lives, everybody. I'm talking about our hearts. Have we reached a place that we've said, God, I am completely, wholeheartedly surrendered to your kingdom and your will. And when I get done and I breathe my last breath, I want to make sure that every moment of my life is counted for you. And if, if you're not there today, I, I, I'm praying that God will speak to your heart. That God will, will just peel back those layers of hardness and coldness. And he'll begin to remind you that you have a purpose and a plan. He wants to use you for his kingdom. Here's the message of the Bible, everybody. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. That anyone who believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And my prayer is this, is if we walk into this Christmas season, and we walk into a season where lives are gonna be changed, that we would give, that we would sacrifice, that we would see people the way that Jesus does so that we could make a difference for eternity, amen? Amen, come on, amen? Amen, amen. Why don't you bow your head for a moment as we close?